0: So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oi, the boys on footy
1: prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down. If there are kiddies around, And thank you for listening. Oh,
0: let's go. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Because it's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty. It's time
1: to get this party started. With Johnny, Jimmy, Craig, and Johnny, Jimmy, JC. All we know and all we talk about. It's time to get this party started tonight. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Hurricane braces, Holland hat tricks, penalty kick saves and baseball hats, first goals, and make room, Craig Forrest. There's a new member of the I gave up nine goals in one game club. As my teams wear red, Ken, I think is his name, he tweeted, Liverpool forested Bournemouth. There's no other way to describe it. They put 23-year-old Mark Travers in the history books. This weekend had it all, so it's fitting that somehow this just in only has three of us instead of all of us. Because there was just too much games for everybody. How you doing, Primers? I'm Brennan Dunlop. This is this just in, Footy Prime's Sunday special. I'm very happy to have one former Premier Leaguer with me in Craig Forrest even though we record this on Sunday, hours after the Dunlop Forest Derby that saw West Ham defeat Aston Villa, which we all predicted, including James Sharman, actually called it three points for for the Hammers. It's still good to see you, my man.
2: Very forgettable game, though, wasn't it? And oh, by yeah. the way, it, why wouldn't you say join the club of a t- the team that scored nine goals? Not you know I, Nobody let nine in. I didn't let nine goals in. <laughs>
1: Nine goals went past you, right? But there's only four of you. Three know, teams. It's a very small club. Yeah, <laughs> and four pairs of gloves that hold that. But yeah, make make room for Mark. I was thinking, producer Dan Wong, should we? Should we? You know, at, at what point is too early? Is Monday morning to slide an email into the in the communications department and say, hey, if uh, if Mark wants to speak with someone who who knows all about this, we actually got a guy, the the, the first guy uh, that, that he can chat to when he's ready to laugh about
0: it. I I, I would do, be doing it. You know what? I'm going to start looking up uh, Bournemouth's email right now to track that goalkeeper down. Mark did Travers, you, you say? Did you, <laughs> did you see that
2: uh, Southampton's Twitter handle uh, tweeted out D, to, to Bournemouth, DM us if you need to talk? Oh, jeez. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they know all about it, having yeah. uh, conceded nine twice. they done it
2: twice. Yeah. Once at home. Yeah.
1: And oh, both yeah. in the Ralph Hassenhudel era, who's still in charge,
2: shockingly. Yeah. And he does it for the most part, does a good job. But every once in a while, they get
1: <laughs> shellacked. Nine put past them. So, yeah. yeah so I guess, you know, uh, Bournemouth just, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't their day from the get go. And for the first time this season, it was absolutely Liverpool's day. They're not going to put nine past anyone else this season. I put that bet down. But they're not going to look as poor as they did against Manchester United or the first two games before that, again, yeah. this season either. No. Bournemouth were just
2: at the wrong place at the wrong time. Timing. They, somebody was going to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, they got the capabilities of doing that to to teams. There's a few out there that could challenge 10.
1: I think 10's coming next did few you th- years did you think 10 was going to come in this game? Because I'll be honest, when it got to seven, I was like, well, it, it's it's within reach, but I didn't think they would do it.
2: Well, I had a few issues about the game because I was watching something else and then this information is coming in like I usually get when there's a the 9-0 watch, right? Right. But I, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see it materialized so it was going to go back to it and I was trying to stay away from it because I wanted to watch it all unfold anyway. I couldn't manage to download the game or whatever and uh, so i never i never actually saw the saw it so i was uh, kind of disappointed so i didn't
1: really see how it unfolded exactly so you're watching the premier league on fubo and you've got multiple games going but you've ignored this game but we're all texting you and there's probably plenty of people lighting your phone up <laughs> saying oh buddy get oh, ready yeah. to make room on the in the club exactly Exactly. So how I was many staying many away, from
2: phone, away from my phone. Stayed away from <laughs> my phone. And I was going to go
0: back and sort of just flip through it. And so on our dark web, we were, were we were pinging you. But did you have how many other people were going? Gregor, you need to watch this. You oh, need to yeah. watch this. Yeah, there's a bit. There's a few. Yes.
2: Always.
1: That's fantastic. Although it's becoming a little bit more common these days. It is right. But it used to be every time a team would score five, you probably would get a text. Yeah. But as you say, yeah. like teams are filling the old onion bag at rates that we hadn't seen before. Certainly, the frequency. I mean, Jesus, Tottenham's done it twice. Explosive! Look at City on the
2: weekend, second I half. Know. You know what I mean? They put—they're going to put two halves like that. They're, they're going to score eight this year on somebody at least.
1: For Liverpool, though, a side that we knew was capable of thrashing opposition, especially unprepared opposition like Bournemouth, who I just think, you know, in the past. With Eddie Howe, they were always the team that you thought, you know, they were digging in. They might have enough to do it. It just doesn't feel like that with Scott Parker this time, which is probably unfair. They try to do a bit of business. They've been a bit unlucky. It's Jesus' mm-hmm. smallest ground in the Premier League. Like no one's expecting them to be able to contend to kick it for Europe. But this is this has got to hurt more given the placement in the season. If this was one of those before the World Cup breaks or in October, or they've got a couple of confidence boosting wins under their belt. I don't think Villa does it to them. <laughs> yeah, for
2: them, you know, it stings. It is. Uh, I, mean, I saw one of his comments that it was very humbling. You know, when you're standing on the sideline and uh, your team's just crumbling like that, it is. It it is very humbling. The game can be at times very
1: humbling. What is the measurement of how humbled someone could be? Like, would it be a change of wardrobe? Is he going to stop looking like he's in a magazine shoot for for good fathers every time? He goes in the touchline with those the sweaters with the rings on the side. You know what I'm talking about? Warner, yeah. Google Scott Parker, and the first thing that'll come up is yeah. Scott Parker on the touchline. Elbow looks like a fashion model.
2: Elbow your boy wearing the old uh cardigan today. Gerard? Yeah, and the tie. You can see through the cardigan and the tie is down there. He looked like a like a schoolboy.
0: Yeah, he did. He did. That that's the English style though, right? Yeah, you're right, B. That Scott Parker, he's a he's a a fancy dresser. He reminds me of like a high level advertising exec going in to go give a presentation. Yeah, in front of 400 people, getting them to buy into the new brand (laughs) uh, alignment, you know, something like that.
1: But someone that you know flies in for the meeting. Yes,
0: like Scott woke up in Montreal,
1: but he's in Victoria this afternoon at lunchtime to give this. Presentation. And then he's going to do something else before he goes surfing with his beautiful wife. And, in yeah, and he, absolutely. He's also one of
0: those assholes. who never has bags under his eyes. He looks, <laughs> he looks proper all the time. Yeah. You know, never smells like booze, even though he's been out till four in the morning.
1: <laughs> There's a great bit. I think you've seen it uh, for us, but I should tweet it from the Footy Prime account with well, the streets. Uh, Wonger, who are uh, a famous. English rap group, which is basically rap poetry. Mm. Uh, I can't remember, what Craig, if it was one guy or a couple of guys, but the streets. And uh, the same accent as Scott Parker, and someone put streets beats over Scott Parker just talking. And it's <laughs> oh, no It sounds brilliant. Oh uh, my God. JKO had sent that. So I'll, uh, I'll be sure to tweet. By the time you listen to this, you can see that on the Footy Prime account for sure. But yeah, Bournemouth just have to dust themselves off. But I think every other team in the Premier League, Craig knows. Mm. Exactly how dangerous Liverpool can be. Mm-hmm. That they were just buffering to start the season, and that that match and performance Monday against Manchester United was an absolute blip on the radar. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. I just think it was really bad timing for a team that's been promoted, and they end up up there and and Liverpool on their day. And Klopp was probably winding them up before as well. Just I want you to, I want this performance to be ninety minutes of just intensity and. Yeah it was it was a perfect storm for Bournemouth in a bad way.
1: Yeah. Yeah it was. I mean the the one of the last things that the commentator said before kicked off was that Liverpool had conceded first in their last 7 Premier League games. And I thought something tells me that if they concede again, they'll smash Bournemouth. Uh <laughs> they scored first and then they just smashed Bournemouth. But Roberto Firmino back in that starting 11, he started in place of James Milner, I think that was the only change for Klopp. He set up uh, Diaz um, that setup for that Diaz goal was just brilliant. And then from you know how to finish, I think it was Liverpool's fourth goal that was just world class. It was just a just a stabbing I call it a karate kick lunge towards the net. You get the right touch on that and it looks so bloody clean. So how many different goal scorers were there? Oh, great point here. Yeah, this is, uh, You think this is something I'd clock. Diaz scored the first one three minutes in. Harvey Elliott got the next one, his first Premier League goal, b- mind you. Uh, in the sixth minute, Trent Alexander-Arnold's was nice. This is actually great because it's reminding me what these goals look like. That was in the 28th minute. Firmino scored again in the uh, 31st minute. That was all the first half goals, so that's four different goal scores.
0: Okay, sorry, B, question. Keeper blunders are all rifled in. Great, great goals. Honestly,
1: I don't think there was a keeper blunder at all here. No, no. certainly not a blunder. Craig might say, well, he Different it out and didn't want it something. back yeah. or, you know. Uh, and then you must get to th- in the later stages, you get to a point where you just, you're caught flat-footed in situations where you're not caught flat-footed if you know you've got a chance in the match. Right? Craig, that must happen all the time. You see it in tennis.
2: Well, I mean, not from yourself so much, but you see the play- the, the players, they just – around. Oh yeah, they they really give up. It's 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 freaking
1: sad. <laughs> there were six different goal scorers. Oh, okay, Fabio Carvalho and Van Dijk also scored, and they got an own goal in there. She, oh yeah, that I saw the OG. But yeah, Bobby Firmino with a brace, Luis Diaz with a brace.
0: Craig, have you ever talked? in an interview with one of the other cats who's had nine scored against him. There's only three. So Mark, no. So there's two other guys. Have you ever spoken yeah, to any? No. No. So no. That would be a great round interview. table.
1: Yeah. Wong, are you're live producing here? So yeah. pull up that sheet of things that we're never going to do right. <laughs> find the two Southampton keepers. Yeah. And Mark. And let's get a round table. All right. Let's do it. While we sit in the do. background here, we'll use all four squares. Yeah. In our in our visual, make yep. See, a real video out of it.
2: The guys that have done it a few, you know, a few years ago, even the self ones are fairly recent. Yeah. Right? Three years it, ago. I don't know South if you I don't know if you get a round deal with it. I think it still hurts those guys too much, still. Yeah. <laughs> well, did it hurt? How
0: long did it hurt you?
2: Before you could laugh, at well, it, or you could laugh. At I it. was, yeah. uh, quite honestly, I mean, right away. I mean, in the press conference. I mean, I went and did a press press conference afterwards. So. Mm. They wondered, they threw it's it helpful. out there. Do you think he'll come and talk? I'm like, oh fuck, what are you gonna do? I, I was actually happy because I thought it was ten. I literally thought it was ten nil. <laughs> the
0: Canadian education system once again showing, so I'm like, showing proudly. What do you mean it's only it's only
2: <laughs> it was nine? i lo i <laughs> fucking lost my head i was doing donkey kong on the crossbar the freaking referee was booking me when somebody chipped it in the empty net oh it's just oh yeah it was-
1: <laughs> you mean you were hanging from you were just swinging from the crossbar you got a yellow card for that no for a-
2: not for hanging from the crossbar <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was the yellow for? Access I was trying power? to break the
2: crossbar. I, literally, I, I i jumped on it, and I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring this fucking thing down. <laughs> End this game at eight.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. well, the, the referee, though, must have, yeah, doing his job. But was there Graham some... Pohl, his name was. Oh, Graham Pohl. Was it you or Dickio that love Graham Pohl? We, and by love, uh, I mean
2: hate. No, we didn't. Yeah, yeah. It was Graham Pohl, amazing. Yeah. Uh. Okay. 100%. Honestly, I he was uh, he, he, he was actually he was buzzing, he was buzzing like he was every goal that was going in. He was almost like Leslie Nielsen, a naked gun. Like he he was so freaking excited. Other than taking his jersey off and swinging it around and overlapping players, he was <laughs> fuck. He was, he was he was loving it.
1: Oh man, something about those players, uh, those referees. Excuse me. That yeah. just uh, you know, and really, and you know answer. what,
2: it, it just. And it's not because of the nine, I'm not blaming him at all, but there's something about him. He just—he was just, oh, got under your skin. For the most part,
1: I didn't have a problem with referees over there at all. There's a famous one, famous clip of a referee that throws his arms in the air when a goal is scored, and he's off the left side. And I think he just retired. It's one of the guys that just retired. You'd, you'd know the clip if I could remember. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I don't plan for this. And he spoke about this because everyone speaks about this play. And he said, I wasn't celebrating for the team. Of course not. I'm a referee. I was celebrating because there was a foul previously, and I hesitated and allowed the advantage. So, And regularly, these referees will, if they exude what seems to be excitement, it's because they're happy for themselves that they got the play right. So in his mind, it was just that I allowed the advantage to go on, and it resulted in a, what was a great goal. And he just <laughs> couldn't hold it he threw his arms. i and celebrated. And they're like, Yes. I got nailed it. Right. You know, it's the equivalent of like Wonger. every time I'm like, wait, Craig's leaning to something. I ask him a question. If he goes, huh, Dunny, that's a good question. If I was like, forget it. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> the same thing. Right? I got the premier League on a good question. Yeah. <laughs>
2: hey, Hey, you know who uh, an official that's feeling pretty good about himself for that would have been the, the, the assistant at the Villa West Ham game for disallowing that goal from the right. corner kick.
1: Yeah, that was unbelievable that uh, Luca Dean um, hits it and it w- went out before it came in. Yeah, it was, a, it was a left-footed out-swinger, yeah. Outfinger. And uh, was it Ollie Watkins that ended up on the end of it? I forget who it was now because it didn't count. Yeah. I think it was Watkins that had tucked it in. But and it- you wouldn't have... Seen it, if not for standing on that line. I mean, you could, it was quite clear when they showed the VAR, but in the moment, I don't think anyone, I mean, mean, Yeah, when you saw, yeah, exactly. When you saw
2: it on VAR, it was like, yeah, okay, yeah, but to see that, yeah. But I was saying to you, you know, years past, uh, assistance, that would happen an awful lot and they would never, never call it, never flag it, and it would be coming in
1: from outside. As a goalkeeper, you're hugging the post looking at that. Is your positioning different when you know it's an outswinging foot? Yes. Okay. So yeah. you you have arguably, though, the best view of it coming along the line.
2: Uh, no, not exactly because your positioning on an outswinger should be a little more advanced. I would say the two and a half, three yards off uh, your line. So okay. you, you haven't got a great angle of it, really. Fair. The assistant. And then the assistant's got a little bit of issues because he's got the – you know, if he's right on the line, he's got the, the, the actual posts and crossbar and netting
1: and all that. But yeah, he got that. He nailed it. It was, it, was, it was good. Very good. Yeah. Well, I think it would have been unlucky for West Ham had that counted uh, because Villa didn't deserve a point to get through this game as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Villa, man, they're, they're tough to watch because for long stretches of the match, they look lifeless. And, you know, Leon Bailey came on. He had a couple efforts late, and Buendia had come on for Coutinho. Wonder if that's a real injury or just in the moment. But uh, Coutinho doesn't look himself or doesn't look like he's capable of playing to that level. And Buendia hasn't had enough time to play to his level consistently. But they just look like they need a moment of magic to even be in the game, let yeah. alone win the game. It's like you're Cout- just hoping for one Catinho Coutinho moment. looks like an old man all of a sudden. It's 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 wild, and, and and I'm starting to wonder if that's why you know there wasn't a slew of other teams mm-hmm. going after him because it's no one believes it. Yeah, he he played in that Champions League final for Bayern that COVID year that they won with uh, Fonzie and BPSG. and after that it seemed like he was just back to Barça purgatory, and which I didn't understand because it exactly. seemed to me he had a lot in the tank, the quality is totally there, but there's just something about stringing it together for actual impactful you know stretch in a game yeah oh.
2: and what is his injury like What has he got this what was that in the end that he went off or i wasn't quite sure
1: i wasn't sure in the moment he was nah. pulling the back of his leg i <laughs> also had I... the belgian grand prix on at the same time i was yeah it wasn't We're much of a game road to road. be honest yeah <laughs> exactly not getting those 90 minutes of, of your life back which is why i split it by doing other stuff
0: yeah yeah <laughs> i wanted to ask you about this though you know when uh other teams are trying to acquire players and be one time I, we were watching a game at uh, BMO and I said, you know, everyone's wearing those like little tight uh, tank tops underneath their shirts. And you said, Oh, those are trackers. And it's all, is that information shared amongst teams when they're trying to put together deals? You know, I always, that's like, full-on team secrets right it's it comes down to individual stuff too like
2: agents of those individual players yeah there's only certain people it's you like know freaking, that. it's like top secret information because right. it's the same nba is the same there's a the, like alex mckechnie for instance he can't say shit like everything has to be like with between you and that player and the individual and all those all that data yeah yeah
1: Ooh, yeah. like the, the leagues would love to make that available for fans. Uh, mm. This is the argument, right? For for, mm. for betting, for interaction, for fantasy. Think about it. I mean, you're curious about it, just asking about it. Longer, it would be pretty cool as a fan to know this stuff. But well, from the yeah. player perspective, yeah. it would like clubs and agents would totally use it that against them.
0: Although yeah. there's there's stuff that you do that they do share. Because I remember you brought up. I, I think you even showed the picture of. How far someone ran? I forget what player. The heat map, yeah, the heat map. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're obviously they share some of this stuff because it's all attached to the same, uh, you know, diode or whatever it is, and it's picking up how these players are performing throughout the game. Mm -hmm. So they're okay sharing this this one piece, but then obviously there's these layers of performance that they don't share. It's all, and that I, it was just mm. in my brain. I'm like, is is that like the top secret Trump nuclear weapon shit? It, you know, like is
2: what it, well, it is know, from an agent yeah. and a and a player's point of view. Yeah. But it, it is interesting that you do see in the Champions League, they will put statistics up of players and their distances run. So they must be giving up certain amount for that particular tournament. but uh-huh. And then, you know, you talk about your league clubs and your Premier League and Serie A and La Liga and these things. Bundesliga. in this league, I, I think that the the players, uh, yeah, it's a different, different thing altogether what can be shared necessarily. I mean, you can pick up a lot of stuff if you're looking at a player and his decline necessarily, you know, if he, you know, watching... Him decline in
1: yards covered and things like that. You can get a lot
2: of information
1: from that stuff. But the bib specifically, and the teams are watching different things with different players. But it's it's in order for them to get a full diagnosis of what the time on the pitch actually like, did to the body. Whereas right. what they're sharing for yeah for stats or for Opta is limited to yeah mm-hmm. distance run touches. Um, I think you can probably clock those things and or see those. But but they don't seem to be as readily available or as accessible as what you would call the standard stats. Mm. Um, but it's changing. Analytics are obviously a big deal. You see expected goals listed. And I think Villa was 0.1 expected mm-hmm. goal. Uh, West Ham was 0.35. But it was you, buddy, that 40 picks you said to take West Ham. They were plus 225 at kickoff, I think. So if anyone jumped in on that, good yeah. on you. After the first half, you would have been thinking, ooh, not much a chance of that. No, I know. What did you think of Samaka in the start?
2: Uh, I think he's going to be frustrated. You know, it, it, he's not getting a lot of service. I think he dressed out too wide and he ends up with the ball at his feet. And it's like, well, we need, they need you in the central position. But he's frustrated by his lack of service. And the Premier League is a difficult league to score in. And he, and he made one run I saw. is very Holland-esque, you know. Mm-hmm. That he, that he scored against West Ham in the, in the opening game at uh, Olympic Stadium for West Ham. Um, but he didn't get the service. So he really has been you know chasing shadows really for the most part I like think West Ham didn't have the first shot on net until 60 minutes or something or oh. somewhere around there it was pretty for bad as,
1: pretty bad for as poor as Villa have been and when I say they're lifeless they're not they weren't as frantic or as uh, lost defensively as they have had been so it wasn't exactly easy for West Ham to open them up either oh it no. Just, you know, the, no. it was um, it was one of those games where I think West Ham would look at that and, and be frustrated, even having come away with three points, because they right. weren't even they weren't able to play anywhere near their level either. So no, no, it's kind fine. of a
2: nervous too. You know, I think both sides coming, you know, started poorly, even though it's like early in the season. It's like West Ham, no points, haven't scored a goal. Yeah. You know, and they take a, a deflected goal today, and they'll just walk away and go, yep, thanks very much." Because they were unlucky against Nottingham Forest away from home. They thought they should deserve something there. So it's amazing. Football's is not you don't always get what you you deserve. Benefit of the deflection, though, for sure. For say. sure, like that's never going to beat Martinez.
1: Mm-hmm. What's what the English call him, Martinez? What like it's mar, like, Mart Martinez? You mean Martinez? The, yeah. the English have always done that, Roberto Martinez. Yeah, yeah. Emmy Martinez. I, I don't know Rodriguez. The the other one they do is uh, <laughs> the other one they do is Perez. Everybody's Sergio Perez, mm-hmm. as opposed to Perez. Mm-hmm. You, the Brits they just love to do things differently. There was a team apparently that posted
2: had their players post and sent to all the media like how they want their names pronounced, and it oh. the and the uh, commentators are. Taken back by a little bit, like oh, I sort
1: of learn something there, and like <laughs> yeah, because the players want you to say it somewhat, say the name right. Or now that it's international, I think that that's it too, right? In the past, be like oh, it's just a British audience, or it's a three o'clock game. Who's yeah. seeing this? They're and just then you, take my voice off this anyway.
2: And then we had this situation several times with a you know, um, Croatian Ante Jasic. Yeah. Oh, you know, the Croatian was every year's pronouncing it wrong, and yes, we are, but. It's like we ask Ante, how do you want your name pronounced? Right. And he's like, oh, you know, we've gone with Jasic for, you know, since it's, it's, they ruined our name, you know, two I genera- love the guys, three generations ago. I,
0: I love the guys who have one name, and I love the guys who have one name, and it's like Fred now. Fred kills me. <laughs> like, the other ones are all so eloquent and poetic. Yeah. Right? And- Richarlson and Ronaldo yeah. and Messi even, and you're like, then all of a sudden, Fred. Fred. I would go in and just go, Yeah, okay, call me Dan. Just Dan. Dan, it just would be Dan. He being... plays like Fred
1: too. Fred. <laughs> he does it play. is funny though, because it does seem so un-Brazilian, but it yeah. actually is an increasingly common name, solo name by many Brazilians. But it's pronounced Fred in Brazilian. So every Fred is Fred which sounds a little more a little more what poetic, right? A little more lyrical. A little more sure. sexy than that. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. It's the vowels, right? If you're one, if you're just like one name, like Bob in the back,
0: doesn't yeah. work, right? But <laughs> Fred J is too, too similar. No, no, it's, it's, it makes sense that it's yeah. Fred J in, in it, like Portuguese, but mm. you know, when you just see Brazilian, right there, specifically
1: I'm like, Brazilian, yeah.
0: Okay. Brazilian Portuguese though, still, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, it's just, it's a Latin language, you know, it's, it's a little more lyrical, then t- when the English just turned it into Fred and Fred's running, there's Fred. Yeah. Like what the, all right. That yeah, doesn't it's... have like, you know, it, it, the the same uh, threshold of appearance as like a Ronaldo or like, oh, no. you know, even Tr- Oscar, Trump. I thought that was bad, but Fred, that, that's kills it. Yeah.
1: Trust me as someone who prides himself on being a Portuguese Canadian, as you know, longer, and you uh, often joke, wow, you you really should have been European walking around <laughs> the continental you Europe. With the name. Walking around continental Europe with the name Brendan, booking yeah. dinner reservations, it never goes over well. Right. To the point where, like, and I never remember that. And Elena just goes, oh, my middle name, Felix. Like, oh, okay.
0: You should have taken her name. You could have been a great Brendan Watco. <laughs> yes. Because that, Brendan. like, that's the old yeah. Spanish Watco, right? That's Filipino Spanish kind of thing. Uh, yeah. the The J that sounds like J U that sounds like a W. Yeah.
1: I guess. Yeah. 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 But then now I have to explain that all the time, too. When someone asks her on the phone to spell her name, what her last name is, she has to spell it out first. J-U-A. Right. Because people right. are writing W's instantly. Yeah.
0: I've got a Didn- few Filipino friends who have completely Spanish last names and they're like, I have no Spanish in me. It's because they name the towns uh, the you know, the churches their gra- and the grandma might have. <laughs> no no they didn't like he's literally i've had like two or three friends that have not no no i got you craig yeah, i got it too yeah i just i just skipped it i didn't want to cut anything out but i'll leave that in there uh, Your grandma might have i got it uh, well you may you may have noticed that uh there's a lot
1: of portuguese names that uh sound mm-hmm. spanish but you see the s on the end and that's how you know typically they're portuguese like uh, okay. bruno fernandez or right bruno fernandes who had that match-winning goal for United in the early kickoff against Southampton. You know what? I hate saying this, Craig, but it's undeniable. Bruno Fernandes is such a different player when not sharing the pitch with Ronaldo. <laughs> and he's a considerably better player when he's not sharing the pitch with Ronaldo.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. wasn't their best. It wasn't a performance we saw them play against Liverpool, but it was a battling performance, I thought, didn't you mm-hmm. think? Like, I, you know, like they grinded it out. They had to do that a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Ericsson was pretty good. Lazio yeah. was good. Martinez was good. Ericsson was good. I think that's probably the best Ericsson's look so far. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the team the team looks more competent now. And, and, you know, good the good United teams of the past were guilty of looking so much better against the big sides, being really up for it, and looking flat away at sides that they're expected to beat. So, if anything, this is kind of the standard that United fans would want, that they can get back to this point. We're like, ah, we're disappointed with the win against a lower opposition because we really should have turned it up like we did against the big opposition
2: yeah they're just happy to get a
1: result against anybody away from home right especially ronaldo and Maguire both starting on the bench though ronaldo played the last uh, 22 minutes um were those his last 22 minutes in a united shirt Craig? i don't know i got a feeling it was i do too we're gonna find
2: out we're gonna find out in the next day or so aren't
1: we I said when he came on, well, we got three and a half days by the time you listen to this. It's uh, 11 p.m. London time on
0: Thursdays, the first, right, Gregor? Uh, Wonger? Yeah. Thursday, September 1st? Yeah. And two two years ago at this time, we were talking about him going to City, remember? One year ago. Was it one year? It was last year. Oh, it was last year? Jesus. That's
2: one place he's not
1: going now. (laughs) I guess not. One place he's not going now. You can rule them out. And you can seemingly rule out any other team that we may have thought he could go to, like Real Madrid, or PSG. I think if, I think if he
2: doesn't go anywhere, I think it kind of tells a big story about, well, he's on a ton of money, and there's only a few clubs that could actually afford him. So who can
0: afford him? If you were just playing, I can go anywhere, who can afford him? City? The ones that uh, Brenda just mentioned that aren't going to take him.
2: Yeah, they're not going to take
0: him. Real? Well, yeah. Anybody else? Those three? Anybody else?
1: Well, Barcelona find a way to print money, so you could okay. argue that they would have access to some type of fund in order to do that. But, I mean, he's at a point in his career where it's like, what competitive team can you be on when you're making 600000 a week? <laughs> Honest, honestly. If you want to win the Champions League again, we were talking about this in the post-match show after we did Forest and Spurs. If you've not seen it, you can uh, check it out on our YouTube page. And Jimmy had a go yeah. at me for suggesting that Ronaldo, I believe Ronaldo believes he has three years left to play in the Champions League and to win. So his next deal, I could see him now in this situation needing to get out of there. I could see him being enticed by a project where he just feels they have a better chance of getting back there. Like a Roma. But there's a lot of variables with that. Going back to Italy, who who really knows if Roma could sustain this upsurge that they're on if they brought him in. It would change them completely
2: maybe and, man united will pay uh half of his wages to get him out the door i think it's best for everybody i think at this stage oh. just that, right i think everybody even
1: himself would be in a better position i think he would be too but i don't know if going back to sporting mm. who supposedly if you're to believe the papers or some of the news that's coming out they're not that keen on it either they'd love the idea of, <laughs> they'd love the idea of having him back but they're They'd like to have a go in Portugal and in the Champions League this year. Yeah. Yeah. They want him back in his like prime. Come, yeah. Or, or come back and be the sporting director, come back and attract pieces for us. Yeah. Right. Come back and make us the biggest team in Lisbon, but don't, don't, don't play for us. <laughs> it's just, just, it's wild. So, yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo definitely want to watch before the transfer window closes. But I turned the end of our post game show into a Ronaldo show. So I won't do that on this just in here, but thanks for giving <laughs> thanks for giving me the platform there there's, there's still plenty of other portuguese to talk about and at least uh i can be brendan in this forum and not have to change my name like i do when i make portuguese dinner reservations reservation yeah. for who for brendan Brenda? brendan brendan <laughs> how, how, how for the spell Brenda? how hey, Brenda. no, Bre- brendan Brenda, just say Felix. It's Felix. Oh, okay, Felix. Oh, okay, your name is Felix? Oh, that's easy. You should say that more often. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Can't even be myself. Maybe that's why I haven't got a passport yet, because no one would issue it. Did you actually, funny story. I learned this the other day in, uh, in looking at a passport situation for, well, a friend was, was looking at a passport situation. There are banned names in Portugal. You can't be a citizen with certain names. Now, I don't know if this applies to getting uh, your citizenship later in life as an adult or exclusive really? to birth names. But there's this list that had come up because it was a, a friend's wife. whose name is Kelly. And there was like, oh, you can't uh, have a kid in Portugal named Kelly. And there's a whole list of them. Um, about 80 names. And other countries have lists like this. Um, Saudi Arabia has lists like this. I bet you Craig's one of them. <laughs> yeah, just look it up. Yeah. You'd be surprised by the names that were allowed, but like Wolfgang was
0: not allowed. Fred. Um, yeah. Fred. Right? Did we find out who <laughs> makes these decisions? Like the, the, who's the, the name the name police? The the government. The gov the government or the the passport bureau, I guess. Yeah. It's and passport. is there a reason that Kelly is a uh is, so, a, is a name that goes against identity
1: the... probably. So I'm recklessly speculating and again because I believe that the laws are different for what if you are portuguese birthing a child to register a name therefore mm-hmm. you you can't register this name it's a banned name or if you are in my situation looking to acquire citizenship as an adult uh, I think the situation may be different but yes it's to it's to preserve the cultural you know significance or importance they want to have strong portuguese names so they'd much rather you name your son joao even if that creates difficulties in uh growing up in in 2028 20, or 2030 as opposed to internationally as opposed to uh naming your portuguese son clayton which would not fly what
0: Portugal. is what is the uh joao is the is that john joao is john yeah okay
1: yeah joao is john joao rui nuno these are all hugely popular. George. And Rui,
0: Rui be what in English
1: or in. A... That's a good question. I don't know what the equivalent for Rui mm. would be. Roy? Maybe Rui's Roy. Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't think there is a direct one, is there? Maybe. I've, I've never There's heard Rui's of There's Rui's all over the place. Maybe just is. I'm going to look up Rui. Look at that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, 40 minutes to get to Holland's hat trick. I mentioned it in the opener. But I, uh, I didn't think we'd go through the Rolodex of Portuguese names before we talk about Erling Brout Holland. But Wongar, I bet you there'll be a lot more Erlings in non Norwegian households when his, career, <laughs> when his career is done. That cat is a monster. He really is. He's a Viking. Yeah. Honestly. He's really, he's amazing. Yeah. It's uh, that was what an interesting game, right? The Palace took the lead, double deflection. It went off of what three guys, I think, went off of Kyle Walker and then off of Stones. Yeah. Past uh, Ederson kind of no chance. Then they scored again. And Anderson's yeah. header to make it two 0 That was something special. You, just, you it seemed like, wow, palace are on one and palace had a good start to the season. And they looked great, um, really good against Villa. And they looked really good in that, in that start there. But then it turned into the Holland show. And, uh, I'm here for this show all season long, mm-hmm. Craig. I like, what can
2: he get? What could, what number can he post? Like I'm th- I, if he's healthy, mm-hmm. he's getting thirty all day, all day long. I think at this start, start we talked about this weeks ago. I, I thought he might get. I think I might have said twenty five, but I think he's over. Like, I mean, I think he scored, he's score. He's averaging over a goal a game in his last hundred and something games, isn't he? So
1: he's got thirteen hat tricks at twenty two years uh, of age. 13, cl- 13 league hat tricks. This is his, his his first in the Premier League. It will not be his last this season.
2: And the first goal, okay, it was like brilliantly just anticipated, great ball in, header, bang. Second one, I'm like, does this guy is he ever in the wrong position? Like, it, it there's no way that should ever have got to him in the first place. And it's a tap in, fine, right. And then the third one, ooh, the strength on him, that's it, th- it, it,
1: pff, unbelievable. That's the thing is that he's the poacher, which. All teams want and covet, but he also can create from the halfway line. He can blast through defenses and ankle break. And he's yeah. six foot four. And when he puts on the guns and he opens them up,
2: and he's got that midfield, and you got Kevin de Bruyne, they're just unbelievable, and they're they're putting these balls in and finding them. It's that's a thing to be seen, isn't it? Like it's
1: just really brilliant. I mean, I can say this as someone who also looks ridiculous when they run. he does look ridiculous when he turns on the jets as you say like the way that his arms flow and the the bend in his back like he there's something monstrous about the way he runs
0: when he's yeah really having a go yeah like a grizzly bear right like they always say you can't outrun a grizzly bear that guy's a giant grizzly bear and he you know i i think of him and i was gonna ask you b because you know everybody who, if you had to put two <laughs> or three players that he fills out now, like that he is now, like who are these players? Like they took this from him. Oh, another good point. Like, because yeah. mm. I was thinking Ebra, because I saw him, I saw uh, Holland and Dortmund last year before he got moved, and he did one of these midfield kicks that scored, and you were just like, who does that except guys who have such confidence. And, you know, mm-hmm. their, yeah, their Ibra
2: self-esteem. Ibra's a big guy, too, right? Yeah, and Ibra... I mean, he, so he one has of the runs thought. are the similar, too. He likes running off running off the shoulder players yeah. when he's mm-hmm. got pace.
1: Yeah, Ibra's a good comparison because of the build and their Scandinavian edge and attitude. He's... The thing that makes him different from Ibra, I think, is that... I, I mean, Ibra wasn't wasn't creating the lanes and for as, as good as the runs Ibra could make, you know, he played in Italy for so long, he kind of perfected just making effective runs as opposed to just this wide range of what I call like option runs. Holland is more like a wide receiver in the sense that he will make route adjustments like in play that just other guys don't do. They commit to this run. If they don't get the ball, they pull up, they stop, they wait. They see another play develop, they go. Whereas he's always recalculating, recalibrating. Mm. In the middle of it. So he's he's only a bit 22? of an
0: AI. He's got some AI going, right? Machine learning. He's the terminator out there. Yeah, that's a
1: great description, man. And the, we we'd say that about Messi all the time that he's an alien, right? And it's yeah. and
0: It sounds things. like him and his dad
2: have this relationship where they they banter with each other. Like his dad still says, "I still got more Premier League goals than you." And this is something that he talks about on in his press conference.
1: <laughs> so, I think it's great. I think so too. It sounds like they got a pretty cool relationship. Yeah, but yeah, how many? So how many goals is he going to score this season? All competitions. Because think of this. They're going to go far in almost every cup competition, right? I don't think anyone would think that a quadruple is out of the realm of possibility, much like it was within Liverpool's possibility until May last year. So they go deep in those cup competitions. He's bagging goals for fun, especially in the later knockout rounds. They go far in the Champions League. Like, he could score 50 goals. I think he
2: averages over a goal a game throughout the season.
1: Unreal. Six already, and Jimmy didn't think he'd get 15. Remember that?
2: Yeah, I'm like, what? This guy's, honestly, there's, what he was doing in Germany and for, you know, in the Norwegian side, and what we've seen from him already, it was like, nah, no. Nah. We God. knew Brennan was going to
0: get it wrong. And you're you in a side like mean, how city. How many freaking goals so he much. scored in the prem? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about goal scoring. <laughs>
1: and that's why Jimmy's not here today. We relegated right. him for being wrong. That's uh, right. But he was on our Forrest Spurs post-match show and halftime show. So again, you can check those out on YouTube. We'll be back next week uh, to do Arsenal and Manchester United. That's correct. The Sunday 11:30 game. I like that we've made that a staple, guys. Um, mm. That was a good game. It's good to.
2: Glad it Watch. wasn't the West Ham Villa game, although it was, obviously we had some interest in there, but it no, wouldn't have been a great game to do for
0: sorry B if I'm changing, but Chelsea I, I was close with my, my Chelsea Leicester yesterday just because of the red card. Well no, yeah. you picked uh you picked the Leicester win though. I, I know. But it was two one Chelsea they, lesser. They I know, lost. But my point was, I felt, I felt some hope. And, and so going <laughs> to Craig Boris, hope is what <laughs> kills you. When there was the red card, I, I was like, Starkey threw out. Dave just threw out. Wanger could be right with this red card, and then Sterling oh shit, that's and hilarious. Was like, ah.
2: Imagine all the you bet, every bet you go through. You know what? Hey, you know that bet. Yeah, the one you said Leicester were going to win. Yeah, I know they lost, but if this happened and this <laughs> it's happened, like, it's and like Barney had is... scored, he had a really good chance.
0: <laughs> it's like, Actually, B, Lester, it's Lester like B with his goal scoring.
1: Yeah. Is... <laughs> Giro, or whatever it is. Hey, look at you, buddy.
0: Yeah, that's like right.
2: It didn't it's even gone. go in.
1: No. It didn't even go in. Yeah, the whole it, time I thought it did. That's exactly. Yeah. Well, there we, there we are. We're a shared company, the almost club. Yes, <laughs> almost. But what you're listening to in real time is the degeneration of Mr. Dan Wong as he yes. learns how <laughs> painfully addicting gambling can be and how it is the hope that kills you. And they got a lot of hope. Hope yes. never runs out, but your bank account will. Yeah. <laughs> Please gamble responsibly. Know
0: your limit. Play within
1: it. Raheem Sterling brace his first uh, Premier League goal for his new club. I said that I thought he was going to do very well there. Um, I think as a, as a unit, they look okay. Like, obviously, not the ideal game that you can argue they were lucky. Uh, to be honest, I was looking in game longer at a, at a draw. Mm-hmm. As I thought with a man advantage and, and lesser, like lesser were fighting. But I'll tell you what, lesser don't have this season in terms of, uh, in addition to financial backing or a full squad of players that want to be there and are committed to the project, it seems mm-hmm. they don't have any luck, Craig. No, no, luck.
2: They they put in a shift. I felt sorry for them, really, because I was like, wow, that was, they had plenty of chances to get something from that game. And it's been a pretty miserable start. They did, Rogers doesn't look happy on the, I don't know. No. He looks as though he's going to walk away from it.
1: I mean, he's, he spent the last two weeks every time he gets in front of the microphone having to talk about Chelsea's obsession with Fafana. And now Fafana doesn't want to be in the team and his head's not right. And they're just kind of waiting for this to go through. Mm hmm. It seems like just take the seventy-five million and cut your losses. <laughs> I think they could move. They could move on. They, they're setting themselves back by dragging it out. I don't know. I don't know what they're hoping for. What, it's, 100? it's a hundred? Does that make a difference at this point? They're highly unlikely to spend it. It's not like they're going to go and throw around seventy before the yeah. window closes on Thursday. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. You're right, though. That Brendan Rodgers does seem unhappy. And I mean, they're right. never a club that spent it. You know, they're. Hundreds of millions ever? Of course not. They've always they've always spent wisely, mm-hmm. but they've also there's not too many clubs that hang on to a core for as long as they have. True, right? Yeah. I, I think that maybe you can argue that that's part of the downfall as well. Not that Vardy shouldn't be starting in the Premier League, but at what point do you have to adjust your goal as a club? Because after winning the Premier League and getting a taste of the Champions League. The goal has been let's let's stay in Europe, which is now it's expanded to top seven. And they got a taste of the conference league last year. So that's that's their expectation. Can you do that with a 35 year old striker as your captain and your engine? Oh, I think he's still good enough to to carry it.
2: I I think he's in great opportunities uh, that he's already should have scored. Okay, but is he lost a little bit? We'll find out. But he's still getting the chances still gets over the top. He still has got enough for that. So, yeah, he's, from that standpoint, like I said, I mean, it could have been very different for them on the weekend. But it hasn't been. It's been just everything has gone against them. So, hopefully they can do, do something because it's uh, sad to see.
1: If you go on Premier League Twitter, Arsenal Twitter and specific, specifically, for the last 10 years, maybe the last 20 years, even when things were good, I would say since 2005. I know Twitter wasn't around in 05, but my point being is that they feel like they're the fan base most undone by, hard done by. And that's turned because uh, Arsenal do have lady luck on their side. And it comes, uh, you know, you got to be good to be lucky. Lucky to be good. Uh, They're good, man. They're good. And just look as far as Gabriel, who uh, was manhandled by Mitrovic. Mitrovic treated him like a child. Took mm. the ball off of him to put Fulham ahead, and then it's Gabriel that scored the match winner for Arsenal to beat Fulham two one. And
2: Arsenal were at that point in total control. Mm-hmm. Never looked like they were going kind to of concede a shot, let alone uh, that goal that Mitrovic scored. But good for him on battling for the ball that to, took it cleanly. Nice finish. Um, but Arsenal have been yeah they've been they've, they they seem to have a. Uh, a tougher streak in them they don't they don't seem such a soft touch which is you know they have, they'll fight back and create chances it just seems a different attitude altogether right from the very you know the fans themselves even when they can see the goal there was still belief before i think half the stadium would have left they're going to get a coffee or something a beer like they're just like you know like hey, <laughs> doom and gloom but even then they
1: they believed they had some belief so it's good There's been this obsession, right, for since Vieira, that they need a destroyer. And they've obsessed over that and tried to find someone close to and that that they've really missed the mark or they've just come close and, and failed. Or I just think it's that this obsession with finding one piece to be that that has been the problem. And as you say, though, they don't have the soft touch that they did before. I think collectively, without one definite destroyer, they've erased that problem. Mm-hmm. and you could you can argue that maybe it's maybe it's just Udegaard. i think the composure the the threat that he is the ground that he covers is able to alleviate you know a lot of what uh, they were missing in that midfield um, mm-hmm. but not in this in the spine or the hardened spine that you were looking for
2: no yeah it'll be really interesting over the next few weeks to see if they can keep this momentum up and keep scrapping getting results even when they don't particularly play well and but Jesus looks good. I like him. He looks dangerous. Can you pronounce it properly, please? <laughs> it's Jesus. <laughs> Actually, I probably, probably didn't pronounce it properly.
1: No, no. Yeah, yeah, okay. Craig Forrest. Craig Forrest. It's very good. Portuguese is very good. Craig Forest. Craig Forest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's I regular- a sexy name. I regularly say that uh, Amy Martinez is the best shot stopper in the Premier League. But I feel like Aaron Ramsdale has way more, oh, my God, wow, saves. Like, won a game. He really does. He
2: really does. And I, you know what? Quite honestly, for years, I I always thought he was a good goalkeeper, but I never saw him as as an Arsenal goalkeeper or somebody of that caliber just because of consistency. Um, But he has been incredible, consistently good. Like, he's just taken that opportunity and was like, yeah, I'm going to make myself a – an assistant shot stopper, performer, goes in with a great attitude every single game. Fans love him. He's got great energy.
1: Yeah. You've said before though that you see some saves. He, you know, he he's got himself in a position where he doesn't need to look as dramatic. The save doesn't need to look as dramatic as he makes it look. Yeah. yeah. That's just his thing though, right? Yeah, I used to dress
2: That's- him up too. <laughs> yeah. You gotta dress him up. Some people, people sometimes they they see the some saves and they'll depending on the camera angle or whatnot to be just thinking that's a really oh, that's a really incredible save, but it's like no, it's not really.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> just, it's just like the the forced extension a bit, the extra roll. Oh like yeah, that, arch back, one
0: arm. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask Craig.
1: I, I was it. looking
0: at that, and this is this is off topic. It's still about football, obviously, but. The field at Forest today looked so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, have you ever played on a field like that? And then I want to hear if Craig, like what the difference is between a field like that compared to, you know, like one in Millwall. But have you ever stepped on something like that and gone, wow, this is what professionals play on? Well, I mean, early in the season, all the
2: pitches used to be good, even the ones that would turn into a disaster. Halfway through the season,
0: August was great. Yeah, they were they were fine. But does it hurt? Like you're flying through the air. Does it hurt when you hit? Like they look like they're almost like spongy and y and you, no one gets hurt on them. And there's no, you know, your six yard box was always a cow patch after October. Oh right? yeah, maybe oh.
1: mid maybe mid September. So you're yeah. just jumping around in the mud like Wonger was playing football yeah. in primary school. Yeah. 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 There's no playing around the back. It's like, what? No. You can't you would, play. T- you would never. No. You would never play the style of football that they do now. No. And, and think of, or Pick, anyone that you think, wow, this guy's great with the ball at his feet. Goalkeeper or, or defender, someone at the back. And then on that pitch, you would never even attempt that. They'd just be bombing balls because they'd be afraid of the, the crater in front of them. They, they actually the
2: zoomed in on the pitch at Southampton because apparently that pitch is in really bad condition. And it's like, I'm watching, it's like, not that bad. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty pretty <laughs> yellow spots. Good.
1: Yeah. I heard them. That, well, there's a disease in the grass at Southampton. It's been a real problem for St. Mary's. Let's go there now. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> the putting remember? green. Yeah, exactly. This, <laughs> it looked like a golf course. It looked fine. Yeah. pay hundred to me. It's $150 incredible. a round for that the grass isn't as good as Southampton's diseased yeah. pitch in the Marys right now. <laughs> Figure it out. Um, last point on Mitrovic. You know, he scored 100 goals in a Fulham shirt. He's the eighth man to do that. But most of those guys were doing it when Fulham were in considerably lower level than doing it in the championship in the Premier League. I'm a big fan of Mitrovic. And uh, if I had Serbia in my World Cup group, I would be afraid of that man. I'd be afraid.
2: He's a, you can see, see he's a, he's also like that strong character guy too, you know. He's really, he's done very well in the championship. And it's he's had a couple of stints in the Premier League where he hasn't, you know, he's threatening. But he also, he's one of those guys that needs service and he hadn't had it in the Premier League at the same level so he was never going to be, be able to make those numbers but he's got off to, really got off to a really good start he got a, one or two in his very good first game didn't he so got him off to a start so he's super super confident and works really really hard
1: Speaking of flying high and confident starts of the season Brighton won Major Leeds Soccer nil <laughs> I was impressed by Brighton man like I've been impressed by them all season um, but to kind of hold leads the way they did. Like, I think Leeds are a good side and they, they couldn't get nothing going. Brighton were the home team that just controlled that. Yeah, Brighton are one of those sides. You see them play
2: and you're like, is it their year to end up, you know, being in that sort of 7-6 spot? I think they got the capabilities of doing it from what I've seen so far. I don't, I'm not sure if their squad's deep enough to handle all that, but
1: they, they look really, really good. And they lost a couple pieces too. Good point. I mean, they've they, they lost key pieces. They lost mm. two of their best players, arguably, if not their best players. Yves Batsuma came on for Spurs on Sunday, by the way, for eight minutes at the end there. I think that guy's going to struggle for time. You're not going to see much of him or Jed Spence. And, you know, they're, they're battling for their places. They're on a team that's contending, but that's the thing that they're not going to get much, much time. If they'd stayed at Brighton, who knows? Maybe they would be uh, second or third instead of fourth in the table.
2: Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Like Spence has a great season for Nottingham Forest, gets some pro went to the Premier League. He's on loan. Was he Middlesbrough, right? Owned by Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. Sell him to Spurs now he's not getting any minutes. It's and then you got Richie Larea back in uh, back in Toronto getting minutes playing well, playing with the guy that won the championship Insignia is <laughs> uh, It's crazy. Like the, yeah, you just yeah, never yeah. know
1: what's gonna happen in football. Playing with two European champions uh, from the last <laughs> European, crowned yeah. European champion. And Domenico Crescito, who looks like he might be able to play in Major League Soccer until he's in his early 40s as well. The way he's been on that left side for TFC. No, it's, true. it's pretty surreal. A uh, couple quick Premier League hits before we get to uh, Toronto FC's triumph in Major League Soccer. Did you see any of Wolves' Newcastle? Or uh, actually, if you did see it, you would know that you were watching Portugal versus Saudi Arabia. That Newcastle kit, the white shirt with the green letters and the green shorts <laughs> going up against Wolves and uh, 11 Portuguese players coached by Bruno Lage. I did find it very funny that uh, you know, the Premier Leagues wanted to be so international. It's now international football. Yeah, I just want to know, is that going to help Saudi Arabia's ranking in <laughs> the FIFA Coca-Cola World Cup <laughs> rankings or what? thought that was a bit much, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> what happened to being subtle about ownership? Yeah, they're they're supposed to be not owned by the fucking country That's, <laughs> what they have to prove to be owners of the Newcastle.
1: Oh, yeah, that uh, uh, must be the argument. Oh, no, it's not Saudi Arabia. That Alan St. Maximin, he's French. No, it's just a kit, mate. Just an alternative kit to uh, avoid <laughs> a kit match. <laughs> ah, right. Okay. Yeah. No uh, no intent. Can we go back in history and see how many white and green away strips Newcastle <laughs> have ever had? <laughs> they, they looked like the Saudi national team out there oh, against man. Portugal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally Portugal. Yeah, honestly. That ended one all. Um, I think Newcastle a bit unlucky. Alan St. Maxman had some good uh, some good moments, but he also looks like that guy in men's league that doesn't pass. And he hands on to it a little too oh, much. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, his head down, just runs. Yeah, there was there was a exciting though. There's a there's a, there's a montage of that. Someone had uh, I, I've I've not come up with that originally. Someone said, "Oh, Alan St. Maxman just being that guy in men's league that you hate to play with." <laughs> Before playing pressing play, I knew exactly who they were talking about. Yeah, uh, is, I've never been that guy, but I seem to always play with that guy. And they say it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Brentford won, Everton won. I tell you, Craig, I can see why Chelsea are willing to throw big money around for Anthony Gordon, 21 years mm. old. Finished that goal like a number 10, 10-year veteran. He's, he's a good player. He is a good player. Did you see him run over
2: that coach as well? No, I didn't see that. It was totally accidental. Like totally accidental. But there's a bit of a ruckus after the fact because he ran into really hard, but it was it really was just a, you know, incidental. It was great because I uh, can't remember the coach, uh, the assistant's coach name, but he got up and they he kind of cuz he went to ground, like he, he barreled him over, but it was nothing in it at all. But yeah, he's a good player. And Brentford, you know, they're not they were a bit unfortunate too cuz one point there, I was like, wow, they, they deserve something from this game. But uh, but also, they, they started the game slowly. And I thought, the, I think the coach was furious because it's like, hold on a minute. yeah. The, in- the intensity levels from when you play it against uh, Manchester United compared to this. But they did raise it. And uh, I thought they deserved something from the game, for sure.
1: They turned it on late. And to be honest, I thought they were going to find a late winner. That's another in-game yeah. winner I would have got suckered oh. into.
0: The, well, uh, the odds for them. Renfrew's been going down early though, a lot. And, Conceding uh, early, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, mm. I don't know what's going on in their first twenty-five. Slow starts, man. Yeah, it's not good. It puts you behind the eight ball all the time.
1: out bailed them out in eighty-fourth minute, but I thought that they were yeah. probably unlucky. Um, they were uh, unlucky not to uh, have found a winner there. Did you Sp- see? Go ahead, Crayer.
2: I was going to say, speaking of slow, like slow starts, I just think of Spurs right off the top of my. Like, it just done nothing but had slow starts all season
1: long. Still getting results, but yeah. another poor first half. Well, maybe if Forrest were a bit more clinical in those first five minutes, Forrest mm. would have found a opening goal, but it only took five minutes for Harry Kane to score, which I think uh, maybe, maybe they've washed that. Maybe they've, maybe they've corrected that problem, Spurs, the slow starts. They, they did sit back and kind of let Forrest take the game to them in that first half, but you can yeah, do they that. Did. they've got they a goal did. five minutes they- in, right?
2: Yeah, and Harry Kane said after the game in his interview that because they were wondering, they asked him whether this is a tactic that Conte has been using because it seems to be, you know, consistent with what we've seen at this season. He said no, absolutely not. That is not how we want to play, and and that wasn't our intention. He says, but we we have we've got to get that right sorted out because we're going to find ourselves behind because Wolves should have capitalized on their first half performance against them, didn't. And the same could have been uh, you could argue about Forrest as well, that you you've got to when you have that much possession, you gotta you gotta score one or two to because you know they're only gonna get better. Mm-hmm. And they do, they've been better second half, but luckily um Kane got one in the first half. Good save, Henderson. Kane's only missed three penalties in the Premier League, and he, he's actually scored in all those three games anyway. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. What is that? Yeah. I didn't know that. But he hasn't missed one for four years. Twenty-one straight penalties. When the commentator said that, I was like, Oh, the kiss it Henderson's saving this. Jinxed <laughs> him. Yeah. Although he saved what oh, last Henderson last, just kept last him in week. Made a great save off Declan Rice. Yeah.
1: Two Penal- great two great Pen- players he saved off of. Penalty kick specialist Dean Henderson. Um, have Toronto FC left it too late? 10th place, right? I tell you, they look pretty damn good. They pulled themselves within three points of a playoff spot, which actually uh, would have three points, but that would put them in fifth. There's a fifth, sixth, and seventh Columbus. I forget the other teams in there, Wong, if you got the table up, that um, we're all level there. There's nine teams within six points of each other. It's tight. It is tight. It's tight. But what was a tight game against Charlotte for an hour? um, Come the end of it, Charlotte's got to be lucky that feel lucky that they didn't lose five nil, and that uh, yeah. Insignia Bernardeschi got to a point in the seventy fifth minute where they're like, we're just gonna have some fun here. We're gonna try back heel passes through the six yard box to get Jimenez his bonus and get this guy confident again. We're just gonna play keep away down the touch side. I've never enjoyed watching a team run the clock down more than I w- enjoyed watching TFC in those last eight minutes. I would say, yeah, yeah. and Sinier got together within ten yards of each other, Wanger, and it was just a training exercise. It was two v two, and they were just like, pass me the ball, pass me the ball, pass me the ball, pass me the ball, keep away, pass me yeah. the ball, pass me the ball. And watching how effortless they made it look, it was theater.
2: Yeah, I love that too. I love it like when the teams do a professional job at killing the clock and. It's such a big part of the game
1: when you see guys do it that well can't get the ball off them oh <laughs> man it's frustrating. I didn't think they were gonna play ninety minutes when once they got kicked off an hour delayed because of lightning that pitch that turf looked wet and it looked shit it
2: um they played on some bad surfaces Evan they said they <laughs> since they started playing.
0: they seeing it all, aren't
1: they? <laughs> there are some bad surfaces in Major League Soccer, too. And actually, to Charlotte's credit, I bet you people would say that that's one of the better ones for turf. It certainly looks better than Gillette. I think it looks better than BC Place. But mm-hmm. it just it just looked like a ground that I thought, man, if they don't bag a few goals here early, they're going to have to grind this out. And you can see how almost petulant Insigne gets when it that the ball doesn't go his way. And it happens. It happens a lot. If you're watching closely, you're just like, hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like innocent little rolls, or you know, the first touch comes off of him in a strange way, and he and he kind of quits on it. Whereas other players are probably anticipating they'll be lucky to have a, a first touch as uh, as gentle as his was <laughs> deemed heavy in his mind. Mm-hmm. But Bernadeschi to Insigne for the first one from a corner kick. I um, love that that scissor side volley, however you want to call it, straight into the ground. Like, he put that... There was... N- that In the only place that the Charlotte keeper couldn't reach it, Craig.
2: Yeah. And he, he plays with a different attitude than uh, Insigne, wouldn't you think? Like, he's embraced the whole thing.
1: Berna. Berna yeah. Getty. Yeah, yeah. But speaking yeah. about Insigne's goal, though, the oh, yes. into the ground. Yep. And then up over the keeper. Like, it really was the only... Eight-inch area where the keeper could not reach. Yeah. Yeah. It bounced it perfectly.
2: Perfectly. You get a little bit fortunate like that, too. But, I mean, you want to get the ball down, so you get over the ball anyway. Or that's – you don't want to fly it, right? Sky it over the net, so.
1: Yeah. But Kalina must watch that back be like, fuck, I did everything right and I still couldn't – he still beat me. Yeah. It's it's so hard with – I imagine, too, that it's even harder on uh, turf to anticipate – where the ball would come off a bounce.
2: Yeah, unless you they you do a lot of training on it because it's not like you're, but you, they do all their training on it. Yeah. So he knows that surface really well. And at the end of the day, as a goalkeeper, when you get yourself what you look at, when you can see goals, is your positioning. What you should, you know, and then if all of those things are correct, and uh, there's some things you just cannot do anything about
1: no one could do anything about Bernadeschi. Yeah. You give, you give him 10 yards in front to protect yourself. And he just jinks to the left and burns you. How many times is he shooting from the edge of the, of the box and just like, just kind of stabbing at it. He's not, he's not curving it. He's not no. trying to be clinical. He's just His
0: goal looked effortless. So effortless. If you, if you watch that, I watched it three different times. I was just like, is this guy even trying? <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, I was like, he knew exactly where he was going to put it. he, I, the player was shading him and then all of a sudden yeah. he made one move and that was it. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God. And he's I mean, he didn't score a ton of goals. He's not really known for
2: an outrageous not, not be, goal not, score. Not before. No. But he we will
1: now. MLS, he's come to MLS, he's just like shooting at net and they're all going in. <laughs> well, that's just that's what it's been like since the Italians showed up, right? Insigne, Bernardeski, and Crescito yeah. have been involved in 13 of TFC's last 15 goals. <laughs> and seven in a row. Yeah, I'd say they're rather important. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Jonathan Azorio has been hugely important to this team. He wasn't on the pitch. He didn't make the trip, actually. And there was no mention of to why until the match kicked off and they said in the broadcast he wasn't feeling well, so he didn't get on the plane. Oh. So hopefully, oh. uh, hopefully it's just a stomach thing or, or a quick case of COVID that he can get over.
0: We have to mention uh, our boys in Montreal Chicago nil, CF yeah. Montreal
1: too, yeah. Ismail Kone and Romel Kyoto, Five solidly, minutes apart in the first half. Solidly crushing the second place. <sighs> They're a good team, man. Oh, CF Montreal. Oh, are, boy, are really they've good. got a chance. They've got a chance. And I think that they, they've always kind of had the advantage of they are, they are very out of sight, out of mind in the league, which yeah. is, I'm sure, a huge disadvantage in the marketing rooms or in their front office. But... Mm-hmm on the pitch they're taking full advantage of that as i don't think people know how to solve and stop romel kyoto 15 goals he's only the third guy in club history to hit that mark Mm. piazzi and uh, Devio both had done that before i think kyoto is one of the best one of the better players in in major league soccer right now he's always on the score sheet maybe mls final montreal Mm -hmm. saputo stadium (laughs) could be could be middle of
0: october november right (laughs) Yeah, it would be, be early November. Yeah, it would be. That would be like horrible because yeah. I played in Montreal. That's right. In November, and it's there's snow. Oh it yeah, be, it could. It's <laughs> that the worst is snow's not too bad. It's the it's the wet, dirty, <laughs> <dust>. <laughs> everything's cold. You need mitts. You need like yeah. it's the way oh, it's
1: then. cold in Montreal. Yeah, it's like it's windy. It's, yeah, it, it's different. Yeah, I think, but a fair comparison would be the the cold that it was at BMO Field for those back to back finals, Craig. That's not what how I would describe typical Toronto cold. That's by the lake exhibition place cold, yes. which is probably as close to you as you can get to Montreal cold mm. in Toronto. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's a special
2: place down there, at BMO Field in the winter time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah honestly.
1: But yeah, oh. uh, MLS Cup Final or or just big playoff matches. The Saputo, like it's that's an intimate ground. It's a cool stadium. The atmosphere is great. Those those fans are a passionate bunch. Like it's a it's mm-hmm. a good spot. It's a it's a really good spot for the league that doesn't get enough shine and attention. Yeah, I'm betting the league would like to have it in Los Angeles. Thousand percent. They don't give a shit about yeah. French Canada. <laughs> LAFC. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, um, how many times is it there probably in meetings we're like, ah, oh, what's Montreal FC doing? Like, uh, uh, um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. They someone in uh, with some
0: COVID, right? Glenn, it's <laughs> CF meeting.
1: Montreal. What? It's a, uh, it's CF Montreal. What, what are they? Spanish? <laughs> okay. All right. All yeah, right. Let uh, let let Quebec know we we'll call them later.
2: Yeah. Oh, but in an all LA final, that would be uh, pretty nuts, wouldn't
1: it? LAFC got beat by Austin Friday night. Yes, you, they uh, did. Austin's I've, not a bad side, eh? Austin look good, man. Austin looked good. Max Arudi, former TFC yeah. man. Is, good look. Uh,
2: is good looking stadium, there. good looking fans. Oh, the great that's a great setup. Yeah. It gets it's getting better all the time. Yep. Yeah. LA, LAFC setup is amazing.
1: Nashville looks cool. They got a new ground. They yeah. didn't uh they didn't start in it, but it's soccer specific. It's it's got yeah. um it's like the boxed corners. It looks very English to me. Yeah. Remember the only soccer-specific stadium for
2: years was Columbus Crew, and everybody was like, "Oh, look at this! It was great!" And freaking tin can compared yeah. to this. Hey, it
0: was how a, about uh, it was
2: a Lego stadium?
0: How oh, about David Beckham's side. Miami is in the hunt for a playoff compared to last year's debacle of yeah. the season. Someone tell someone tell uh, Ali Pozuelo how
1: close they are because the man looks—he's—he's he's gone full Florida man. I saw you that. like <laughs> Nigel De Jong, street fighter. What the hell was that? Oh, yeah. Losing his head. Great USC kick. But, God, that was a theme, though, right? Because uh, later, Lucas Cavallini, who'd come on at halftime for Vancouver Whitecaps, they conceded again. So, they're trailing to Nashville 3-0 in, like, Jeez. the 53rd minute. And he he decks uh, Alex Mule, and then he steps on his head as he tries to inconspicuously hurdle him. <laughs> right in front of the referee like the broadcast crew didn't even know what happened because the play had moved on right you know, he, he decked him the ball went the other way Cavallini turns around to follow the play and I'm just gonna step on your tiny little head fucker <laughs> right in front of the referee <laughs> boom instant red play stop oh no he's gonna get suspended for sure for oh sure. fuck he's, he's got a gonna... minimum of three games yeah and they're right in the hunt too
2: they need points you need everybody healthy you need everybody fit they're you. they need him scoring goals
1: yeah they need him scoring goals uh gray reed tweeted he's in he's in pep territory now Cavallini sure looked at there he's Is in that, pep territory yeah pep pep uh pepe the defender of oh right yeah. Not Pep Guardiola. No, yeah, it's not. It's not Pepe. Talk about pronunciations and broadcasts that right. didn't get slips. Fred,
0: he's in Fred territory. Just say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a different player. Um, I do think that the Serie A leads all leagues with the most marquee matchups that end in draws because I was very excited to two screen Juve Roma with the Arsenal match on Saturday and uh, should have predicted Juve uh, one Roma one. They always share the points, Craig. That's all right. Yeah, it'd be nice, though, if these marquee games fully delivered. I feel like early in the season, you're not going to get that. Later in the season, they're fighting for a winner. Early in the season? Yeah, yeah. Just play it out, see how it goes. But Vlajevic with a hell of a free kick if you didn't see that. He's a he's a special player, which is why they went and got him in January. How many screens are you watching when you're watching a game? So I got the
0: one... he's got EPL.
1: Yeah. yeah, at one point I had four games on Fubo on my TV. Yeah. And I had And commentary match. all at the same time. No, no. I've only got one commentary.
0: Four on NSB mobile <laughs> mobile bets going at the same time. That's oh, that's yeah.
1: the limiting thing with the multi-view is you only get one audio. But on the iPad then I had another match. So I forget at one point I did have five up. I think I may have had F one qualifying up uh though Jeez. during the ten o'clocks on Saturday. So that Craig, was
0: Gregor, do we need to get the other guys on and have an intervention for B? Like five games at the same time.
1: And you That's watch too much football. Yeah. Crazy that could be it. I'll tell you what, you I did need, miss. You need more devices. <laughs> I do need more devices. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, we've wife and I have had the conversation about that. The second monitor, it's just too small. You can't go from sixty-five inch on one to thirty-eight on the other. It just it
0: could,
1: yeah. so really
0: like put a, two TVs up against the wall, like on each other. Like I do have, I do one? have
1: two TVs next to each other. Yeah, you need oh. ten but but needs. he needs
0: to be like green the board. old Sportsnet uh, remember the old Sportsnet wall green room exactly that's yeah. exactly
1: I mean I think that's every man's dream that's every sports fan's dream is to be able to have connect all of your except they were always board.
0: on friggin hockey
1: oh yeah <laughs> I don't
0: just every hockey game uh. way too much
1: exactly yeah I don't you miss think? that place fuck watching all that puck no thanks no they could puck off <laughs> Well, I think it's about time we puck off. I don't know if anyone's uh, still listening to this program. So three oh, of us, are, and we take hey, this longer than uh, when
0: it's five of us. Because we like each other. Hey, just, <laughs> it, is, it is EPL's like Tuesday, Wednesday games now. Thursday games. Double this fantasy is, week then. This is, uh, you've got NFL starting next week. Yeah. You've got uh, like in the next three months, we'll be chock full of sports. And super exciting for me. This is like my favorite time of year—the sports orgy. It is the sporgy.
1: March is not your favorite time of year. I thought March was
0: basketball. I love the NCAA, but it's the sporgy of every hope is hope is everywhere. You know,
1: you still got it with the Blue Jays. They're making the playoffs. I don't think so. It's
0: it's going to be close. I just looked them up. I just looked them up. There's like five teams. Seattle. I mean, you're a big Seattle fan, aren't you, Craig? Still? Well, Mariners. I like them. I like the Mariners, but I would yeah. take Toronto over them. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there's like five teams. I saw the Central Division in the American League too as going for wild. They're all going for, for wild cards. Yeah. Nobody's catching the Yankees. No, Yankees are good. but there's yeah. Tampa Bay and mm-hmm. Tampa Bay was and Toronto are going back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there's two others, at least five, six teams. Boston's, mm-hmm. Boston and their
2: divisions
1: drifted back, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Boston's out of it. But the Twins and the White Sox, I think, are still within retail. That's the other there, one, right? yeah. In yeah. The central. But, yeah. Um, I didn't have enough screens for Atletico Ottawa and Forge. Uh, oh. Last mentioned that ended nil-nil. Uh, Atletico Ottawa are top of the table. Look at that. That was the top of the table clash, and they uh well, taking the point point, a scoreless draw. They survived.
0: And a great so, segue for our Tuesday interview. Yes, we will have – CPL
1: Commissioner Mark Noonan on on oh. Tuesday on our interview show. So, so looking, all
0: CPL fans,
1: looking forward to chatting with the new commish, the new uh, top man in the league. It's an exciting time for CPL. Absolutely, and uh, you know, they've
0: done well. They've
2: done really well. They survived through the pandemic. That kind of been easy, right? We know it wasn't easy. Beginning the league that just started up. I mean. Think it's going to go on
1: sideways quickly.
2: So get we on them.
1: Need, we need to plan a footy prime away day. If we're not going to get out to Cavalry and Spruce Meadows, can we? Obviously, obviously, we can't go to York. Can we go to Forge?
0: Can we get? Can we? Can we call we Bobby? Able, get the group together. To go, we might be able to go to York. We just have to leave one don't guy behind. The, don't mention the one guy. I
2: mentioned him <laughs> once. but I think I
0: got away with it. <laughs> yeah, or
1: just put him in a disguise. We'll get him, get him right. one of those glasses. With a, <laughs> we'll with a put moustache. him in his pilot. We'll say He
0: just flew in.
1: As long He's as he doesn't him. laugh, no one will know it's him. It's true. Right? That's it. I miss Jimmy. But I'm glad I got you guys. So uh, thanks for joining me, boys, on this Sunday to recap what was a very entertaining, uh, sporgy-filled weekend. And there will be more, which is a blessing. Uh, keep by newspapers so that there's more of us. Cheers for listening.